the Mel Gedroyd Podcast. Hey there, it's Mel G, and this week on the old cheeky little podcast, yeah, get me in my 21st century ways, we shall be talking about ears burning. Not in the metaphorical sense, the literal sense, in a barbershop, ears burning, being set fire to, sock puppetry, among many other things, and also doing a detox from the late 70s, very much on your own because your mates leave you hanging. Now, if you like that sort of thing, then do have a listen up every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. There'll be more chat, some cracking great songs thrown in for good measure. Oh, it is so lovely to be in your company. Thank you. Thank you so much, darlings, for letting me in. Oh, it's lovely to see you. Always chuckling. Hey! Hey. Little bush. How you doing, Mel? Oh, do you know what? I'm feeling, as I said, bobbish. You've got, uh, I would say you've got a spring in your step today, Mel. You have? Bushy-eyed. Yes, you are. not (laughs) bushy-eyed. Bushy-eyed and (laughs) bright-tailed. I must get those eyebrows trimmed. (laughs) We were going to say something. We thought we'd put it in an email. (laughs) Are you bushy-eyed? You're always bushy-eyed because you are bush. Do you know what? I went to the hairdressers the other day and they asked uh, if I wanted them to tidy my eyebrows up. Now, bush, that is a big moment for a man. That means means you are moving from one chapter, shall we say, Uh into another. But it's statesmanlike. Thank you very much. So, did you say yes? Uh, No, I was appalled. No, I'll do it myself, thanks very much. (laughs) My, yeah, my my um, other half gets really sort of crazy long, very long hairs that almost a foot long. No, they can't be a foot long. That's you ludicrous. Do. You get these weird wiry ones after you get uh, over a certain age. Where do they come from? Where do they, how do they grow that big? I don't. I get one out of my chin. <laughs> <laughs> and only I deal with that. <laughs> yes. Nobody else deals with that. Now, Bush, this is all very jolly. This is all very bobbish, uh, which is our word for today. Yeah. But I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you, Bush. Oh, now, come on. Yes, I This do. is not about Christmas trees again, is it? It's not about... No. Oh, don't get me started oh, on that. I'd forgotten about that. I've had nothing but that for literally seven days since the last show because of you. All right? <sighs> so rein it in. I'm sorry, man. No. I seem to remember on last week's show we were talking about the late 70s detox involving oh. the seven prunes, <laughs> two eggs and as much steak as you can eat. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. We had a good laugh about it and then we went away and I said, yes, I'm going to do that <laughs> 70s detox. And I remember you saying that you would join me in the aforementioned detox and producer Louise would as well. So a couple of days ago, I have my seven prunes (laughs) ready, as we had planned, as a tight threesome. Mm -hmm. And I texted you, and you texted me back saying, no, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Explain yourself, Bush. I did it. I wasn't wasn't cross. I was disappointed. Oh, that's the worst one, isn't it? Worse, isn't it? I was there on my ownsome with my seven prunes thinking, this is fine because I know the other two are going (laughs) to do this as well. And then I get these texts. What happened, Bush? I would, do you know what? It was Monday morning. We decided to do a Monday, Tuesday, didn't we, after yes, we the weekend? Did. Yes, we did. And I thought about it the first thing when I woke up in the morning, and I just thought about the idea of that day only eating prunes, boiled eggs, and steaks. And I just thought, I can't do it. And then the bottom, kind of background thought, I thought, well, maybe Mel won't do it either. Never. If Listen, if I say I'm going to do something, I on your Nelly, yes. I will do it. And you did. I, I hate to use uh, the phrase you followed through, but you did. <laughs> 100%. That's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue, isn't it? That is a whole... It, it was a journey. It was a journey. Imagine that. Prunes, eggs, mm. and then steak. The nicest bit of the day was the steak gang. 
Although, bizarrely... Gosh, this is so boring, I'm sorry. Listen, are you guys detoxing? Are you? I bet... Everyone's detoxing, aren't they? They are, it's everyone's the, doing the, it. It's the du jour January thing, isn't it? Yes. Except so, for Andy Bush. Oh, Can't now, come on. you left me hanging, mate. Come oh, on, how I'll do you feel? That. Having done it then, right, just to make me and producer Louise feel bad so maybe we do mm-hmm, do it, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel now, having done it? I feel absolutely brilliant. I feel cleansed. Do you? In very many ways. But I have to confess something. You're supposed to do it for two days. I just did it for one. Do this. Do this. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. All the lovely people who've left lovely comments that are on there as well That's at the moment. very nice. Uh, Mel and I are going to go around on a moped and visit you all one day in the summer months. In capes. Yes, in capes. <laughs> I'd love to do that with you, Bush. We could have, we could be a little bit like Batman and Robin. Yeah. But a bit more sort of up to date. What about a sidecar, motorbike and sidecar? Always. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? With jaunty scarves blowing out at, a, at an angle. Yes. We'll do that on a on a moped and sidecar. Racing around country lanes in the summer like a, a, a some kind of novel between the wars. Oh. Lemonade and jam sandwiches. Yeah. That'd be so good. Right, we've got a, a little pot here uh, with a collection of questions from the Magic Office. You know the score with the yeah, podcast. Man. Come Let's on, man. Get it open. Get it open. Here we go. Question for you, Mel. Good. Lay it on me, Sarah. Here it comes. Good. Come on. This you question says <laughs> Have you ever vo- have you ever <laughs> avoided a hairdresser? Interesting. Interesting one. Now, that's a very interesting uh, point because uh, let me just come clean about something. Okay. I have a great hairdresser. She's really, really reasonable. I don't know why I'm saying this as if no one can hear, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. She's really, really reasonable. To the point where I kind of think, can you really survive on the money that you're being paid to do these cuts? Really? She's no frills. Okay. There is no chat at all, which I really like. So you don't kind of take a deep breath and think, right, I've got to make conversation now for two hours. It's literally Bleaksville, no chat, no frills. Does she come to your house or do you go to her? No, nope, I go to her. It's cold and it's quite bleak. I don't mind that. You know what I'm like, Bush. I'm elite. You are elite. So anyway, of late, I've actually been going to somebody else. Oh, my word. You've been getting your hair cut behind her back. Because I had a haircut on a job. You know, sometimes in, in this business that we love to call show. Yes, darling. You're at the Academy, love. You know this. Yes, you know darling. what it's like. You yes. get sent to various places yes. so that you can change your look, you mm-hmm. know. Yes. So I got sent somewhere on a job and I really liked her. Yeah. Really liked her. And she's just trendy and good. Anyway, went this is quite dull, sorry. Went back to the old let's call the old hairdresser R. Yeah. We're not gonna be giving names out. You went back to R. And she literally went, so who's done your colour? And I was like... <laughs> and I was absolutely foundering away. Oh, no. And I did come clean. I said, well, it was for a job and they made me do it. <laughs> so I'm in a bit of a predicament. So I, at the moment, the answer, long-winded, and, and it's taken a long time to get there, is 
yes, I am avoiding my hairdresser because I'm a bit scared of her. Now, you went the other day, I know, because they discussed with you the length of your eyebrows bush. (laughs) Yes. So are you now avoiding that hairdresser? I am. Do you know what? There's two places I avoid. The one where they've they've offered to trim your eyebrows and another place, right? Um, Turkish hairdressers around the corner from my block of flats. Yeah. Went in there, had my hair cut absolutely fine. And at the end, um, without asking me, he he gets this bottle out of blue liquid and a a paintbrush. And you wake up in Istanbul. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And, And he started painting my ears. What? Painting my ears with this with this liquid. And he said, don't worry, it's just to get rid of the hairs. And he then lit each ear. And this is a, this is the thing they do in Turkish hairdressers. He set fire to both my ears. But Bush, now we need some time to digest. <laughs> That's true. He covered your ears in blue paint and then he set fire to them. Yeah, they may be, I think it's paraffin. He used paraffin. It's the first time in my life and hopefully the last that both my ears have been on fire at the same time. Your ears would have been burning. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Um, but there you go. That's, that's a true thing. Turkish hairdressers set fire to your ears. Wow. Just tell me, Bush, out of interest, um, what day is it today? What's the day again? Is it it's Saturday the 14th of January? Yes, it is. Well, Mel, that would make it World Dress Up Your Pet Day. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever dressed a pet up, Mel, at any point? Now, yes, indeed. We had two guineas, which we adored, mm-hmm. uh, coconut and toffee. And I seem to remember we dressed them up as angels. Oh, that's lovely. For a nativity or something. Yeah, we made them little uh, silver wings that we put on (laughs) with uh, little bits of string. Yes. Oh, and we did comedy bowler hats on them one day as well. They'd have looked a million dollars. Yeah. Have you you ever... I've never dressed... I've never dressed a pet up. And I feel like I I need that in my life. Well, today's the the day to do it. If you're going to do it, if you're going to dress your pet up, today's the day to do it. Do you want three amazing facts about dogs? Yes. Oh, I love dogs. People always seem to dress their dogs up, so here are three great facts about dogs. Fact number one, dogs don't understand pointing. They focus on the tip of your finger, not the item you're pointing at. Oh, interesting. Dogs have got no concept of pointing. Literally no idea. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If you're pointing at something with... Oh, I see. So the, the finger is far away from the object. Yeah, the finger will just be like, unless you brought the finger very close to the object that you're pointing at, then That's they just follow your finger. All righty. you just got to work them out. Number is that, two. Is that the same with all dogs or is it just certain breeds of dog? According to the scientists I've uh, colluded with to come up with these facts, Mel, it's all dogs. Okay. All dogs. Good, good fact. Fact number two. It's rumoured that at the end of the Beatles song, A Day in the Life, yeah. Paul McCartney recorded an ultrasonic whistle audible only to dogs just for his Shetland sheepdog. <sighs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's great. Audio trickster, Sir Paul McCartney there. That's, they liked a little trick on their songs. They love they it. Beatles. They love hiding stuff, little messages, especially for animals. And fact number, fact number three. Dogs can recognise more than 150 words. Isn't that amazing? That is very, very good indeed. 150-word vocabulary for your dog in terms of being able to understand stuff. What about a poodle? Poodle's probably more like 75, 70. And you'd know, Bush, because you've ridden many poodles. I used to ride my granddad's dog, Whiskey, around the uh, house, the bungalow in Western Supermare. Happy days. And what would you say to the poodle? What, how many words would you use when you were riding? Uh, giddy up, so that's two. <laughs> And a woe boy, which is another two. (laughs) Those, my friend, are solid gold dog facts. Thanks very much, Mel. And I'm going to dress them up. Yeah. And use them in my own anecdotes later on today to impress my friends. And I suggest everyone listening does that as well. Bush. How's your week been? Oh, 
How's your week been? Uh, man, it's been okay, but it's been filled with conflict. Oh, I'm sorry. It's to been hear a that, week man. of conflict. Uh, my other half, uh, Katie and I, can't agree on any movies to watch. There's a lot out at the moment. There's as well. a lot of stuff going on, and sh- and she likes um, positive. Uh, happy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, La La Land. La La Land. Can I just throw that in. Well, this is exactly yeah. the film just we. I've got an issue with at the moment. Would you believe? Uh, I like kind of gritty war movies and stuff. Manchester by the Sea. Let's just throw that in. That's the other film. We, this That's, is so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. These are the mm-hmm. movies we were talking about in the week, right? Now, we, what we've decided to do because we can't agree is that we take turns. So I pick a film, she picks a film. Good. That's nice. It's a mediated. Uh, Kofi yeah. Annan came round with his UN, and and we've come up with this <laughs> kind of middle ground. Uh, so it's her turn to pick a film, and she wants to see. La La, La La Land. Land, yeah. Now, as you know from this show, I'm not really down with the musicals, mm-hmm. okay? Which, it's a music- which, which worries me. Which worries, worries me, worries you me know as that. well. Yeah, you know um, uh, I've never been to a musical before, um, so I'm thinking, I don't really, at the moment, so, I don't really sorry, like Sorry, can we just rewind? Can you say that again? I've never been to a musical before. I don't know if I can work with you. <laughs> <laughs> the headphones are coming off, oh, gang. No, this is a live walkout. <laughs> Bush, I listen... I'm going to have to rectify that. And rectify, I will. I need your help. I need this sorting okay. out. But that's that's been logged. Don't worry. Carry on with your story. Well, this is the thing. So we're going to go and watch La La Land, yep. it seems. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. No. I've signed the piece of paper with the agreement. Yep. But how can I get myself into a situation where I'm going to enjoy a musical uh, by the time we go and watch the film in the week coming up? I need a bit of help. I need I need an, a crash course in musicals or an entry-level musical to watch in the meantime so that by the time we go and watch that film, I know my onions. Now, you basically told me a few minutes ago that you've never been to a musical, which shocked me somewhat. I've never been anywhere near a musical. So we need to find you a sort of uh, a good way of embracing the musical so that you can go with your partner to see La La Land, which everyone is raving about. I want almost like a Fisher-Price entry-level musical that's going to get me in, in the zone. I'm saying don't go for Les Mis starring Russell Crowe. <laughs> that sounds a bit impenetrable. It's about seven hours long oh. and uh, there's some lovely stuff in it but there is quite a lot of Crowe like that. <laughs> no one needs okay. that in their life, Mel. What you need, my friend, is a quality classic. Okay. I'm not going to go too cheesy on you. I could say Calamity Jane starring Doris Day. I'm not going to say that. Okay. Because I think that would out-cheese you. That might put me off and do uh, damage, long-term damage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Similarly, maybe Oklahoma, possibly something like that. Okay. South Pacific. No, Bush. I'm saying go cool, go evergreen, go classic, go West Side Story. Now, what is the story of West Side? What happens in that? What was roughly? So it's based on ye olde Shakespearean tale of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. But set in 1960s New York. New York. And it's two gangs, a Puerto Rican gang and a sort of, uh, you know, Irish-American New York gang. The Jets versus the Sharks. So it's like a Scorsese movie. It's amazing. I'm going to check that I have it on DVD at home. Okay. So I shall bring it in next week, and then we start Bush's musical training. At Mel's Musical Academy. (laughs) I love that! (laughs) Pass me the pot of love. There's the pot, Mel. Right. Oh, I'm going in. Good good use of a little spin around of all the different bits of paper there, Mel, in the pot. I'm like a human tombola bush. You really are. Yeah. 
Right. Ah, this is good. This is strong. Bush, would you rather be a mime artist or ventriloquist? Here we go again. (laughs) Mime artist or ventriloquist? Oh, that's tough, isn't it? Do you know what, right? I uh, was doing a bit of basic mime for my daughter the other week. And <laughs> oh, I used to, dear. I used to be brilliant at mime because mime kind of intersected with robotics in the 80s. Do you remember? Yeah. You used to yes. do the bit you walk up to the wall and pull yourself over. Yes. There were people on top of the pops that had white gloves. Yes. That used to be part of the sort of, you know, routine. Totally. And yeah. you would do the bit where you do two hands on invisible wall, look left, yeah, look right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it steps made a career out of it. Uh, and I just realised then that I'd not done robotics or mime for a long time and I was actually quite terrible at it. So I'd like to be a really, really good mime artist. Oh, now, would you like to book yourself onto a course? Well, I, you know, I, I've got a few credits left in the Mel's Musical Academy. There, 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 is, there is a little course that is run, not by me, but by a man called Jeff. Really? <laughs> yes, Jeff will come in once a week and yeah. he will do some basic mime for you. Jeff's mime lessons. Payment up front, please. How much are we talking here? £50 an hour. £50? Well, if it, if it makes me mime better, then what the hell? I'm up for it. Now, you know my adoration and unquenching love for David Bowie. Yes. Have you seen him mime? No. Oh, it's worth catching. M- mime is in doing physical mime. Yeah, he was obsessed with it in the 60s and into the 70s. Was he really? Went to the factory, you know, Warhol's factory, mm-hmm. to try and have a sort of meet-up with him because he was a great admirer of Warhol. Yeah. And uh, sort of to try and impress him, did a mime, an <sighs> impromptu mime. It's worth catching on YouTube. Really? And bless Bowie, I think he was able to slightly, I wouldn't say laugh at himself, but just realise that there was a kind of wry twinkle Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, was around that whole thing. But there's a weird thing with mine because I interviewed Sasha Baron Cohen not that long ago for um, that movie he was doing, uh, Grimsby. Oh, yes. And he studied mime at actual like, he art went, school. Yeah, he went to uh, Lecoq, didn't he? Or yeah. something like that. Something yeah. like to learn to learn to mime. Because mm-hmm. he was saying that mime is like the basis of all physical of all comedy. comedy. Man, we need, we need to get ourselves on that course. You see, I think I'd go for the ventro. Would I'd you? go for. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to be able to go? I'm just going into the to the pharmacy. You've really got it. You've nearly got it there, Mel. Oh. But that would mean if you were going to do ventro, Mel, you would <laughs> have to have. It was a good good bit of ventriloquism. You'd have to have a pla- uh, one of those weird ventriloquist yes. dummies in a suitcase. Lord under Charles. You. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Charles. <laughs> I'm doing an impression of Lord Charles, which is obviously great on a podcast. Um, <laughs> They're all sinister, aren't they? They are all sinister. I'm a big fan of Nina Conti, who is, you know, the ventriloquist du jour. She's fantastic. She's hilarious. Yeah. All her shows are brilliant. I find her monkey a little bit sinister. Yeah, well, I just think anything where the voice is thrown to it and it's like a, a prop, it just freaks you out slightly. It comes to life. What would your puppet be? What would you have if you had to have one as a ventriloquist? Just a sock with buttons for eyes, so it's kind of like a friendly snake. <laughs> Something like that. Bush, I d- I'm not sure if that really... Do you think people would, would would like to see that in a show, just you with a sock on? No one's doing it. No one else is doing it at the moment. There's a gap in the market, Mel. <laughs> I'm just biding my time on this show until that takes off. No offence. <laughs> Louise has lost it. <laughs> I'd go for something like... I'd go for something a bit more intricate. Right. Like a, a sort of... I don't know, a Victorian doll or something. Oh, what a por- the, one of those porcelain scary eyes open something, in the basement dolls. Something really sinister, yeah. Oh, with little tiny hands and feet made of porcelain. <laughs> oh, God, oh, dear me. A sock, I'm afraid, Bush, will, will, will no, that will not suffice. It, I reckon it will. Sock and eyes, not happening, Bush. 
Bob Carroll G's and Spit the Dog was just one step up from Sock and Eyes as far as oh, I'm concerned. I loved Spit the Dog. I loved it. I loved Rod Hull and Emu. It was oh, no. very, very, very funny. The way he used to go for people. Princess Anne, mate. Mm. No fear. Absolutely no, no fear. fear. Oh, oh, happy days, mate. So you do the mime, I'll do the ventro. Boom. Edinburgh Festival 2018. Here we come. Uh, now. Oh, yes. Buckle up your seatbelts because it's time for Tell Mel. You can ask me anything. I can't guarantee that I will give you the molly, coddly advice that you so crave. It's from the hip and it could be harsh. Bring them in. Hi, Mel. It's Simon. We have pampas grass outside the front of our house. Yesterday, a friend told me that pampas grass in your front garden was a sign that you like certain types of adult parties. Is this true? Simon, you sound like you're far away and you're locked in some bizarre ice cube type refrigerating <laughs> department of a of a hotel. Uh, now, Simon, Pampas, in the front garden, I can wholeheartedly say that I believe this to be true because I came up with it. And that's absolutely true. Next. Hi Mel, it's James. We're getting a King Charles Spaniel next week and my husband is intent on calling him Mr Snuggles. Please tell him that this is not okay. Three words. No, no, and no. Next. Hi Mel, it's Ben. I have a teenage daughter who is always getting up to no good. Last week I found her secret diary. Shall I read it or not? I need the intel. Ben, if there's a lock to the diary, I would say back off. Ben, if there is not a lock to the diary, just absolutely get involved. Is that bad of me to say that? Maybe just read the first entry. No, that's bad, isn't it? Oh, no, the harshness is, is subsiding. I must maintain the Tweedy harshness. I'm saying lock, no, no lock, yes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hear more lols and larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from 1pm on Magic. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast. <laughs> 